they collapse the civilization is using a thing called biological Leninism. And that's a very important thing to study. And that's what you get people, mediocre people, um, you get criminals, um, you get the mentally ill. I mean, you, just, uh, you get minorities, whether they be sexual deviants or you know, racial minorities within your, within your nation. Um, to occupy the commanding heights and sort of carry out your agenda. You pay them enough, you, you give them status that they wouldn't be able to achieve uh, you know, otherwise on their own, and they'll just carry through your agenda, and that's what we have now. And when I speak to some of the staff of, uh, of these politicians, both here in Ireland and in, in England, and you know, I, I work for one in America, the staff kind of agree with you, but... <laughs> But the people they work for are obviously bought and paid for, and they, you know, they've sold their soul. And as a, a politician in America said to me, they're sucking Satan's cock. Mike, how are you, brother? Yep, well, good to hear you, Chris. Good to see you. Good. So you've sent, um, you've started an organization called Veterans for Action. What, why is that? It's Veterans for Truth. Um, when I was in America, uh, I was part of a thing called uh, Veterans for Peace. And I don't think you can really get peace um, without truth. So I just thought Veterans for Truth. And yeah, we did a whole tour. I mean, this was after 9 11. You know, I was a commercial pilot on the day of 9 11. And so obviously I knew the official story was a lie. So I got involved with the, uh, the anti-war movement in, uh, in, on the West Coast, and then ended up working for a congressman and presidential candidate because of that work. Um, but the whole um, anti-war movement is controlled by the war movement, by the warmongers really. Um, and I was really limited in, in what I was allowed to do. We traveled all around the country as veterans for peace, but they didn't want me to talk about the, the most powerful lobby group in Washington DC that controls both sides of the you know House, Congress and Senate and Democrat or Republicans. I mean, it's all theater. And having worked for a US congressman and presidential candidate, you can see that. I mean, it's politics is sort of Hollywood for ugly people. So, you know, and then all my you know wars that I've been in out of over the years, a first as a paratrooper in the Falklands War, and then many more wars as a photojournalist in South, Southeast Asia, Eastern Europe and East Africa, um, you know, for about 15 years. I have some understanding of the, uh, um, what goes on behind the curtain and, and what's, I guess, known as the deep state. Um, so yeah, I just need to, you know, I need to step up and do something of use and hopefully by, by creating veterans for, um, you know, veterans for truth, will be able to be a, a, a magnet for, you know, a platform for, you know, people serving or former military, not just, you know, in the military, but also in the police force. And I sort of focus on networking with the, with the police and, and the, 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 uh, the military over here in Ireland and, and elsewhere around the world and contacts I have just feeding them, you know, giving them um, intelligence briefings and a whole bunch of stuff. And hopefully by building this platform, we'll attract, you know, people better than me um, who have a more current understanding of what's going on, especially now with the, um, you know, private military contractors and the subcontractors and the private military personnel that get hired. I mean, it, you know, 
intelligence gathering has now been privatized. Warfare is now privatized. Um, it's been taken away from governments, really. Um, you know, corporations need to do things. And, um, you know, the, uh, the so-called deep state has um, been at it for, you could go back a few, few thousand years, really. But um, it's, it's, this is what's happening on our watch. Um, and so I think we, we need to do more. And I don't think enough is being done. Okay, so, Mike, I'm just, I'm just going to jump in there for the clarity of our, of our viewers and listeners. Um, so what we're saying is, after the events in New York 20 years ago, we started to get a pretty distinct picture that the reality we, that the media was trying to feed us um, wasn't, wasn't the truth. Off the back of that, we've entered several conflicts, many, I think it's fair to say, over a million people have died, if, if, if not more, including many of our brothers and sisters, our, our fellow service personnel. Um, and that obviously doesn't take into account those that have come back wounded, lost their legs, lost their eyes, um, lives ruined forever, children who now ha no longer have a, a mother or a father, but predominantly obviously, obviously fathers, um, have to live the rest of their life. Many, many won't ever know who their father was because they were killed while they're in the womb. Um, and it's in short, it's a pretty, it sounds like it's a pretty despicable situation where the irony is that if you sign up for freedom, justice and patriotism you're signing up because you're a good person who wants the best for your homeland for your family and for your people and yet this has been subverted into actually if you if if you're joining the military because of these um interests that you state that are controlling the the whole show including the mainstream media that you're actually supporting their agenda and not freedom and truth mm. and i don't think i know any service person who would want to go out and to put it in simple terms like fight for the enemy mm. um, unknowingly so We also, I think, need to point out without using any of the the terms because they just get flagged up in videos. But we've also got a situation in the world at the moment, um, which just highlights the incredible reach that these um, these, if we call them the elite. I call them the sociopathic elite because all they care about is power. They they possess no empathy, as we saw from, you know, from historic events. They don't care who dies so long as they stay in power and they get richer and richer. But the the narrative they're controlling has led to a situation, you know, as it's unfolding, because it, as you said, it's been here thousands of years, aren't I'm going to guess it goes back to the start of the money system. 
which which again the the this greedy elite are very adept at controlling and it's led to a situation where we're basically it, you could argue we're in 1984 now the truth is not the truth you're not allowed to speak your truth otherwise you're accused of being a criminal you're not allowed to think for yourself i mean literally people have had phone calls from their local police station saying excuse me we, we we've heard that you're you know that you thought this well we're here to tell you you're you're not allowed i mean literally mike right mm -hmm. again for 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 for, for our friends at home, these are all concepts that were, were written in the fictional book 1984, but which have all come true. In addition, we've got a changing of the language. We've got terms like, um, you know, let's just say social spacing, which is the complete opposite of what it means. It means antisocial. It's separating families and communities who should be coming together for the for the greater good mm. whether that's globally locally nationally um and off the back of this what what you termed a deep state so i'm guessing that means operators behind the state of affairs so the current state of affairs which we would call politics intelligence agencies, governments, corporations, institutions, da, 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 that we all believe run our lives and care about us. There's actually like a shadow government behind this. Mm. Again, like I'm assuming it's the very same greedy sociopaths that, 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 that I mentioned, and they're controlling this whole narrative, and then it's not in our best interests. And off the back of that, you've started this organization, Veterans for Truth. Um, I'm guessing, Mike, because we all swore an oath, didn't we? We swore an oath to defend our constitution, to defend our, our homeland. Um, in, in America, I think it's very prominent, they say, um, from threats both domestic and within and i think that and within is in the in the american constitution for a reason that these you know let's just call them clever old men was it 200 years ago 300 my my, my I, I won't pretend i'm a history professor but when they sat down and wrote this this constitution they knew that you didn't just have to be aware of a foreign invader. Mm. They could be within your very people. Mm. And your movement is to wake up veterans and say, hey, listen, you have some skills. Uh, you have the passion. You have the bravery to lay down your life for what is right. You, you've everyone who passes out of basic training has has proved prove that especially those of us like yourself and myself that have been in conflict mike and you know we've seen uh at least a colleague die i say at least a colleague because in, in 
when I served in the Northern Ireland conflict, we, we lost a brother within, I think, the first two weeks or something, right? I know you served in the Falklands and not just hundreds of people were killed in the Falklands on, on both sides, but of course, after these events, you have a significantly higher figure that die from suicide, the effect which, which is a, a resultant of the trauma that they've experienced, um, the drug abuse, the alcoholism, not to mention the domestic violence, the the homelessness, the mental health issues. So, you know, we've, we, we are as warriors, people that are not afraid to lose our lives to do what is right. And you're trying to refocus that, that um, uh, integrity onto the, who you're saying is the the real enemy a little bit long-winded i just wanted to make sure i i'm i'm on the same page as you mike yeah i mean to educate for sure but also for for people to start lobbying their politicians um sort of hold their feet to the fire and if possible become politicians so that we need to ensure that the commanding heights of all our nations around the world um, you know, are dominated by the best of our people, people with integrity. So if you have the finest people at the top, that will draw more fine people up to it. But at the moment, the commanding heights of all governments um, are agents for this global mafia that's been at it for a long, long time. You know, so, I mean, the First World War was uh, completely unnecessary and any good military historian can you know, reverse engineer and show that um, even 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 uh, I think James Corbett on, on YouTube recently did a good thing on the First World War. He missed a few things out, but um, yeah, I, I, he put it up last week. Actually, it was pretty good. Um, that's worth looking at. Um, Quigley's book, uh, Tragedy and Hope, is a, a, an essential read. But um, so it's it's just about getting all this information. So I want to create this platform where there are all these documentaries and, and books that you can read and essays and, and to put it into many languages and have it around the world um, because there are the finest of people within every nation but they're not you know they're not represented at the commanding heights and so we just need to take that back so we've kind of let it happen on our watch by believing mainstream media and the BBC you know has always been an enemy of the British people if you you know reverse engineer what they've been up to I mean they're socially engineering everyone. I mean, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're not good. And I, I've shot video for them in, in Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, I mean, just the first, you know, I think my first war I covered at the age of 24, um, going behind enemy lines in Eritrea when Eritrea was at war with Ethiopia. And I exposed the misuse of Western aid food. And when, um, you know, when I brought my story back, Sunday Times brought a few, you know, brought some of my photographs. And, um, you know, I sat down for a few hours with a couple of their journalists, you know, told them everything about my story. I was quite happy that I'd, at the age of 24, I'd sold this story. And then when it came out in the Sunday Times, uh, it didn't tell the truth. And that was a wake up call. I, these people are lying. They're not telling the full story. And at the time, this guy, Ted Ross, who's now the head of the um, World Health Organization, the first person who's, to head it, who's not a medical doctor, 
at the time, you know, when I was in Eritrea, he was a senior member of the uh, Tigrayan People's um, Liberation Army, and he was a, a senior member of their um, Politburo. So he's a rabid communist. And so, you know, this is what's happening. It's, you know, communism is a stepping stone to kind of a totalitarian technocracy. And, um, and the end game, you know, is, is genocide, it is enslavement, it is smart cities, it is digital currency, it is jabs in the arm, can't say the other word. Um, it is robots, and they make it very clear. I mean, that none of this stuff is hidden. But um, you know, mainstream media is not going to be doing a documentary on it anytime so soon. Ju I'm just going, going to interject, Mike, so we don't lose people. So what we're saying is these events that we've seen, um, when you tie them all together, they're actually all part of pretty much the same big agenda. And that is the agenda. Again, I'm just going to use this book because it's a really simple um example but it's leading to an orwellian state where we're basically enslaved we're not allowed to think for ourselves we're we're already seeing kind of inroads into these digital passports which are very frightening mm -hmm. now off the back of what's going on at the moment which might seem you know you're going to get your people that they love their BBC. They think they think the BBC loves them and tells them the truth, right? And they're probably looking at these broadcasts thinking, oh my God, we're in this massive um, scare at the moment, you know, with respect to our, our well-being. And they will probably voluntarily rush out and and get these passports etc etc corporations willing will accommodate that and so, so for example british airways next week might say sorry you can't travel with us okay unless you have this passport right and let's remember i think any constitutional law in the world whether it be british american Magna Carta, whatever, the, one of the fundamental rights that you have as a human being on this planet is to travel. Mm. Nobody has the right to tell you you can't travel. Mm. And when you join the dots, so the digital passport, the stuff they're trying to do to you in hospital, you know, that they want to have inside your bodies, which, which then lays the way open for um, biotechnology, right? Now, people might think, well, what, what the hell you got? No, no, no. Already, there are companies investing billions into this biotechnology, which, which interacts with the human brain to create like a, a third commodity like almost like a person bot a person a robotized person or, or, or I'm, I'm i'm apologize i don't know all the right terminology i'm just i'm a simple guy that i just have the unfortunate disposition that i can see all of this mike and i understand that it's mm. it, it's I, I, you know i'm not trying to pretend i'm a scientist but when you know 
I'd say we're perfect under God. You know, mm. you're, I, I use the term universe because I'm, I'm not like a religious type of person, but people will use the term God. I like to use the term Mother Nature, but we're all born, if you ask me, perfect under that. We don't need stuff implanted in our brains. If we eat a healthy diet and we do moderate exercise, we will we'll, um, become resistant to getting ill and this sort of thing and and this is very much like not not promoted by this this agenda it's always first they want you to go and have a medical um intervention which is very frightening when you think they own all the medical companies right mm. you know they benefit from this the, these companies that float on the stock market so if everybody tomorrow has to have a certain medical intervention done to them in the name of public health shares in that company are going to go through the roof and and it's a win-win for these for these people then the public will buy even more into this company and it and it just cements this whole fiasco mm. um so what might seem like unrelated events that are actually in your interest you know they, these are going to save your life or whatever it might be what 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 we're saying mike is no they're not all unrelated they're all part of a very frightening system to direct humanity along a certain path mm -hmm. and you mentioned things like the smart grid uh, we've talked about, I think we've touched on um, digital, so we're talking digital passports, digital currency. I predict a system just on just from what we've said, where you become almost a prisoner in your own home. You become dependent on the internet for your money. So, you know, there's talk of having this chip in your hand and already people have volunteered for this. So it's not this isn't, you know, pie in the sky. There's already people going, yeah, oh, I'll try all that. You've got your your health on there. You've got your money. You've got your criminal record. You've got your employment history, whatever it might be. Right. You order food on the Internet. It gets delivered to you. It's going to be by drone soon that just because drone technology is so sophisticated now, it's it, it's going that way. Or there'd be some sort of um, electromagnetic interrail that whizzes, you know, there, there, there'd be some the, the, the days of cars and trucks is it, it, this. This is all going to change. Um, your all your all of your bills are controlled by this smart grid. They actually know how much water you use in every single household, how much electricity. And that can be turned off and on at, at will, let alone to mention that the smart grid might go down because it's powered by electricity. Mm. You know, it can go down. And then it wouldn't be long before a mass panic could set in and everyone wants to rush out to the shops to get there, but there's no shop that, that you know, that they're becoming fewer. I mean, look, look at the Amazon phenomenon through what we've been through this last two years amazon has come out as the number one retailer right and and employer 
it really is like big brother um and so yes i think we have to take it seriously because if you don't fit into that smart grid if you're a persona non grata because you disagree with big brother how how dare you you can just be turned off and then you will become social pariah <laughs> you know i've got images of 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 bands of vagrants wandering through the forest trying trying to get food mike you know or attacking food convoys or or, or attacking these warehouses where the food's get, going to be am i am i sort of in the right ballpark i i don't wish to be alarmist but i'm 51 and i i've just watched all this happen i think a, a great book um one up from Orwell, uh, Aldous Huxley in his Brave New World is a, a more, uh, I think, a relevant book. Um, it's very important. And, you know, he was an insider, um, Aldous Huxley. But, yeah, everyone just read that book. It's an easy read, Brave New World. I mean, Orwell's good. Start there and then read Brave New World. Um, another good one would be um, uh, Smedley Butler, one of the most highest decorated members of the you know, the American uh, Marine Corps. Um, his book was War is a Racket. It's a, an essential read for any veteran. And I love soldiering. And, and the only war I was in uh, as a soldier um, was the Falklands War, where we were, you know, we rescued British civilians. Um, you know, it was, that, that's it. That's what we did. So we went in and, and behaved professionally and, and uh, did our job. And it was a quick war. And we, yeah, that's, you know, it was just, it was a clear mission, um, whether or not the war could have been prevented before the Belgrano was sunk is, a, is another story, but the, the whole war was good for sales of, um, of Harriers and other things. Um, but it was a clear mission, you know, but now it's, uh, you know, the fog of war is, is everywhere. I have a friend over here, uh, Dolores Carhills, a highly intelligent Irish woman, a virologist, um, Dolores Carhill.com, D O L O R E S, Carhill, C H C A H I W L, I think, dot com. Great woman, um, you know, a scientist. And so she's doing a lot of work around the world. Um, you know, there are thousands of doctors waking up to, to this, um, this current global coup d'etat. So she's worth following. But she started an, air, an airline. Um, called Freedom Airway, freedomairway.com, I think it is. So she's trying to you know, start an airline where you don't need a, a health passport to travel on. I don't know if she'll be able to pull that off, but it's inter an interesting thing to, to support. Um, but it's all this predictive programming that, that, that goes on is preparing people for this. Um, and I think just in our, in our world of private military contractors, I think it's, it's Sandline, um, Tim Spicer, uh, ex-guards officer, I think he was a colonel in, in, in the guards, I think it was Scots guards. Um, um, you know, the, he was, you know, this is back in the, the 90s, when, you know, when people were earning, you know, when I was doing close protection and surveillance in between wars in London in, from 1991 to 98, um, you know, I was sort of saw a bit of behind the curtain of the surveillance world in, in, in London. Um, but that's when people were earning, you know, a thousand dollars a day, um, you know, working for Blackwater and, and people like Tim Spicer. And I think his company's now 
been bought by Garda World. I think they, they see themselves as the Walmart of the uh, security world. I mean, they, owe, they employ over 100,000 people in security. And so when in all these wars abroad, no one's asking, okay, we have government, you know, our own forces there, but how many, you know, private military contractors are there, you know, boots on the ground? And that's not really talked about. Um, and that's, um, and it's, it's a kind of a race to the bottom. So now, you know, you're not getting these thousand dollar a day jobs. I mean, I didn't, I never got that. I mean, I just did stuff in London for 200 pounds a day, but plus expenses. But, but now they're using child soldiers from Sierra Leone who have now grown up. And um, so you've got these incredibly traumatized human beings and now um, doing security work in Afghanistan and Iraq um, for you know, $250 a month instead of $1,000 a day. So, and eventually they'll be doing it for you know, room and board. I'm, Mike, um, I'm going to chip in again. I'm just trying to relate this to what we're talking about. So basically you've got these groups like Blackwater. They have a very unique position because they're not account they're they're not accountable to the law in the country of origin because they're operating ab abroad. Aegis is the other company that Tim Spicer's company was Aegis, and that's now been bought by um, Garda World. Yeah, they're not accountable to the law of the country in because they come they they're operating under the umbrella of the of the um, allied forces in, in to, to a degree the statistics so their deaths their kills their this their that don't have to be logged um and of course what we know is there's no end of of men i say men because they're predominantly men these security companies that are willing to go and do that job that are willing to take the uh you know the 500 pounds a day or, or, or whatever. Um, how does that relate to what we're talking to of uh, other than the fact that obviously the people that, that instigate these wars and control them have this private army to, you know, push stuff around the board, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Is that what we're talking? Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. And they've been, I mean, you know, private armies have been around, you know, before standing armies. So there's always been private military contractors going back thousands of years. Um, but now in the modern era, we should be, um, we should get beyond that, you know, and, you know, and I'm, you know, a nationalist, not only for, for the Irish nation, which is kind of my ancestral homeland, even though I, I wasn't born here, you know, my father was and his family my relatives left here you know looking for work in 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 uh, in london um the year the second world war broke out actually when my, my father was five i think but um you know second world war was basically first world war part two um so i came back but you know i'm so i'm a nationalist for ireland but i'm a nationalist for all nations of the world and you know i'm you know i've been protected by all sorts of people in africa and middle east and or Eastern Europe and Southeast Asia. But so, you know, I, lo I love all nations of the world, as you do. You've traveled more extensively than I have. Um, but, you know, our nations, they, they want to get rid of the nation state, particularly in Europe um, or, or in the West. I mean, Western civilization is being collapsed. And I, I, I think an essential 
article for everyone to read. It's on the internet and um, it's called uh, Bunting's Map and Israel on China's New Silk Road, written by a Chinese woman. And that was in the Times of Israel. And that's an essential read because that is the agenda. The city of London, you know, there was no British Empire. It was just a, a banker's empire. And um, the Welsh and the Irish and the Scottish and the English were cannon fodder for that empire for you know centuries. And now they've changed their business model. So they have to collapse the West. And, um, and they made that decision a long time ago. Mike, so, let's, uh, uh, again, again uh, I, I, I just need to chip in because, you know, we need to establish, at least for the sake of this chat, who, who, who are these people? Who, who is they? Well, I, I mean, I, I just call them the Babylonian woe, um, you know, because they're, they're, they're drawn from, you know, the, the, I guess the, um, the criminal class within all nations, but the, 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 you, you, you could say the, the oligarchs and, and the central bank system is the, uh, is the, um, the head of the beast really. Um, and that's, that's, that's well known. So, you know, there are, there are powerful banking families, um, and they, they, they can, they control the, uh, the game really. Um, but that's just the nature of evil. So that, that is their nature. And there's all sorts of reasons why they subscribe to behaving such a way. Understanding the, the, the mystery school that they, um, they come from is important and, um, and who were the, the minds behind communism. And so, you know, human life is very low on, the, on their totem pole. Um, all of nature. I mean, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're trying to change the uh, human DNA from, from the ground up. And it's, I think it's good to look at um, Google or Google, um, Google investment. I think it's anyway, whatever Google invests in, they, there's the, the investment arm of, of Google. Look at what they're buying up. And, you know, I lived in Mountain View and I used to lunch at Google in California. And, you know, I was living there on the day of 9-11 as a commercial pilot. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, the stuff that they're buying in nanotechnology and, and all the other stuff, they're literally, you know, redesigning, they become God, they are sort of their own Messiah. And um, so they're genetically engineering us. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm an Irish Christian. And to me, I'm a Christian in the sense, I'm not a member of any church, but, but uh, for me, Christianity um, should reflect what Christ said in his last public speech, Matthew 23. And that was his last public speech before he was arrested. So that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And if you read that, that's what we should be sounding like. You know, okay. that, I'm, I'm, that, again, that, and he I'm, taught, he was tearing into the Babylonian woe 2000 years ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I've got to come in here, Mike, because I'm, I'm well aware there'll be people listening now like, what the hell are we talking about, right? So. You had this passage in the in the in the Bible in the Scriptures, where Jesus threw the moneylenders out of the temple. He basically recognised that that the work that they were doing, which was to lend money and charge interest on it, is something called usury. Okay, in 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 ancient language, usury, right? And usury is actually illegal under various different laws and has been over the years so for example I, I believe in islam it's still illegal 
I'm sure they lend money in Islam, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, just, just for an example. And the reason for that is if you allow an elitist group of men to lend money and charge interest, then they, they will enslave everybody. If their aim is power, and power, we all know power corrupts, absolute power corrupts you absolutely, then eventually by allowing this money system, the whole planet becomes enslaved. Hmm. What Mike is referring to when he says the Babylonian woe is a, is a name that's been allocated to these individuals that I always say 8,000 years, just, just for argument's sake, which is the origins that the current money system can be traced back to. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about banks. Banks didn't exist back then. I'm talking about when these bunch of uh, very greedy sociopathic men got together and said, right, you know, we can, we can corrupt the system of exchange, which was just a simple system of exchange. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. There was nothing more to it. And they, they, and they realized that they had an in there and start controlling the simple system of exchange. And back in the day, I always use the example seashells. You know, they would have traded in seashells or, or other, you know, other non-financial and certainly a non-metallic currency, right? But it was only an equal exchange. The sociopaths came in and went, right, we can capitalize on this. We'll take five seashells, lend them to this guy. He's got to pay us back seven. And he can do that over this period. In addition, we're going to start keeping ledgers and we'll keep double ledgers, a bit like the old double entry bookkeeping, which I won't prevent to understand. But I understand if you want to cheat your taxes, you use double entry bookkeeping. Right. This is what these guys did. Mm -hmm. And off the back of it, they have corrupted every single individual and establishment that uses that currency. Mm -hmm. So all the nobility, all the politicians, anybody in any position of power, individuals such as us, you know, there's certain things I can't say on my social media channels, otherwise I get blacklisted and banned, right? Can you see? What, and I had to shut up about them. Why? I have to pay my mortgage. I have to pay that debt, that huge debt that has been, that burden that's been placed upon me, right? And not just that, all the other stuff I have to pay for, much of which is not really in my interest. Like for example, television license fees, like what the hell is that about? Right. So I have to shut up and censor myself because I am under the the control of this evil money system that if I speak, I don't get paid and I mm. can't feed my family. Mm. And you can use the a similar um, scenario for everybody, whether they be kings, queens, politicians, they are all enslaved to this system. You know? And you see it yourself. I can't do that. I've got to feed my family. You know, how many people compromise our um, earthly human values, our morals, because we've got to pay the bloody bills, right? And mm. these sociopaths that Mike and I talk about, they control all of this. 
and they've done it for so long now that they have this complex network that is made up of the corporations, um, the, the, the banks, the banking system, the nobilities, the royal, you know, royalties, the, the, the establishments such as the armed forces, they have control of it all because they hold the purse strings, literally, right? Right. And so, my, yeah. my, my, my question, Mike, is, so I get it. You know, these guys have come down through the generations. They're a bit like bloody Highlander, you know. They, 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 they have a very perverted um, sense of loyalty because they know they're going to die before they see the fruits of their labor. This is how evil this system is. They're not going to see the end. They're not going to see when human beings are in cages. They're, they're just a part of this process and they're happy to be it. I'm guessing because their, you know, their system of morality lies outside of ours. So as Mike said, he's a Christian. Um, uh, I believe in Christian values. I wouldn't say I'm religious, but, you know, I think Jesus was a bloody good guy, wasn't he, you know? I think what what when God speaks to me when I'm meditating or nature or universe whatever you call that I I I don't get messages that say right go out and enslave mankind. Mm. So I'm guessing that these sociopaths they probably sign up to a different doctrine, right? I'm going to peel back here, Mike, and ask you a question because it alarms me slightly. Oh possibly greatly when people say ah oh, you've got to write to your politicians like are we not saying that the whole what could arguably be a sham system of politics we've got is completely controlled by these guys that that mm -hmm. people go into politics because they're you know they're humble they want to do a good job for their community and as soon as they start to step up that ladder, then they're targeted. And mm. they're targeted by this Babylonian money system that is, oi, if you don't do that, you're going to lose your position. Then you're going to lose your privileges. You're going to lose all these thousands of pounds of ha house, housing money that you get paid, travel expenses. You're going to lose all your free lunches. You sure you want to make that moral decision? Ah, all right, I'll... I'll I'll choose the other option. Okay, yeah, right. You see how politicians go into it for good. Second, they get to this um, almost like a, a glass ceiling of morality. And in order to get past that, they have to compromise themselves. So you'll see people standing up in power, trying to scare their very own people with frightening claims that we're all going to be dead in our beds in 45 minutes or that we're all, you know, should be afraid of the brutal dictators or global madmen or whatever it is this week, or there's an, there's a, you know, an illness that's going to, you know, it's like a big black iceberg and it's going to come and kill us all, right? And they push this narrative of fear. Um, so my question, Mike, is what, why would you be encouraging people to write to their MP when we, I think anybody that's, I, I would say, slightly enlightened knows that they're all corrupt, you know, that they're corrupt by nature, that you have to be corrupt to do that job. 
Um, we saw that with the with the you know these illegal wars in the Middle East. We saw our petitions politicians get up and blatantly lie. You know, we're talking here Jack Straw, Blunkett, Blair, Bush, Cheney, that you know, was the American Secretary of Defense who 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 coincidentally owned all the arms company or you know, owned Halliburton. Okay, he distanced himself from it when he was in power, but I mean, come on, it was he was like a director or something, right? So what why are we you know I'm not suggesting a, a solution here, Mike, other than the fact conversations like this are waking people up and enlightening them, especially now we've got a country full of people who've lost their livelihood, who've lost their businesses, you know, whose children are damaged for life now by the fear that's been put into them by, by these fucking sociopaths, right? Right? Yeah. Why are we suggesting that we write to these maniacs and ask them to suddenly miraculously like fix the system. That's just completely, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't have thought Mike, that that's a way ahead. Yeah. I've, I've spoken to quite a few of them over here and that they're all pretty lost really. I think we need to identify kind of the low hanging fruit within the political class. You know, the ones that have potential to, uh, to do some good and ed educate those. I think there are, still a few you know with good character you know with integrity but but the enemy of, of humanity uses a thing and there's some essays online about it now i don't know if there's people talking about it on youtube or bit shoot i haven't looked but um how they collapse a civilization is using a thing called biological leninism and that's a very important thing to study and that's what you get people mediocre people um you get criminals um you get the mentally ill. I mean, you just, uh, you get minorities, whether they be sexual deviants or you know racial minorities within your within your nation um, to occupy the commanding heights and sort of carry out your agenda. You pay them enough, you you give them status that they wouldn't be able to achieve uh, you know otherwise on their own, and they'll just carry through your agenda. And that's what we have now. And when I speak to some of the staff. Of, uh, of these politicians, both here in Ireland and in, in England. And, you know, I, I work for one in America. The staff kind of agree with you, but, <laughs> but the people they work for are obviously bought and paid for and they, you know, they've sold their soul. And as a, a politician in America said to me, they're sucking Satan's cock. And that's really what they're doing. Um, so best thing to do really is to try and get you know, men and women uh, of absolute integrity who are obsessed with being the best that they can be, uh, not only for their nation, but for all nations of the world. And we just have to kind of move those into, into positions of power. Um, I mean, the democratic process is completely corrupted. And I think even the nationalist movement- But Mike, uh, I'm, I'm just, I've got to dive in and challenge you. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely in, in in every single circumstance, right? Well, it's, why, it's why you yeah. had people like Jesus saying like, listen, just listen to my message. Don't like fucking follow me. If you follow me, you've like completely misunderstood what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just a message that, I, that, that that's it. Don't worship me. Don't build churches to me. And look what happened. Look well, what happened. Human, human 
you know. Yeah, well, you know, Christ was, he's been repackaged into some sort of happy, clappy Christian, and he wasn't that, you know. And um, so he was a, a man he of He was fun. a rebel. He was a fighter. He, he was like me and you, Mike, right? When it came, when it came to dealing with the, you know, the, the, the banks, he, he was quite violent. And um, but like he said, you know, you love your enemies, but it doesn't mean to say you kind of lie down and take what they're doing, which is why his last public speech is really important. But sadly, even though whether it be in, you know, first tier um, and second tier you know, military elites, um, Delta Force, you know, SEAL teams, our own elite forces, um, uh, you know, over here in Europe, they um, there are many Christians, particularly in, in you know, Delta Force and, and SEAL teams, there's a lot of Christians, but, you know, Christian Zionism has sort of captured them, which has no foundation in, in scripture, whether that be Christian or, or, or in, um, you know, in Jewish scripture, unless it's Talmudic. But um, so there's no justification for, you know, Christian Zionism, but they've been hijacked by the Schofield Bible and incredible social engineering and Christian Zionism is really a, a, a sort of a parasitic um, doctrine really and uh, and of course you know a, a tool of the uh, the enemies of, of of the human race um so i'm i'm more you know it's it's good to whinge and whine and get stuff off your chest but i'm i'm kind of more focused on on finding solutions so that's why i thought if i could build something um so it can become a platform for whistleblowers and people not just in the military and, and in the police but also from the medical world and from the political world and you know veterans from all these institutions that have been hijacked and uh, and I, I i believe that we can create a truly symbiotic world where nations you know have hard borders and and strong military and are able to defend themselves um but um for me nationalism means that you love all nations of the world but you love your nation the most and to me that's the key to world peace um but we need to have the warrior class not only to protect our borders but also to protect, you know, the, the internal enemy. Um, and when, you know, when I was doing surveillance in, in, in London um, in the 1990s, you know, I was just on here a couple of hundred pounds a day, but, you know, I did, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I, I went to some of the wildest parties you can imagine, and I reckon a third, you know, quarter or a third, and if you include the door security and the in, internal house security, I'd say maybe half the people at this, at these parties that would happen quite often, and you know they were wild parties. Um, I'd say you know certainly a third of the people there were doing close protection and surveillance on the rest of the people there, and who knows who these people were? You know, pol politicians and corporate people, and um, loaded up with all sorts of you know A-class drugs and doing things that. Um, you wouldn't want your grandmother to, to know about. And um, so I, you know, I saw some of that. And so that's maybe where they blackmail these people. And I mean, Donald Trump, bless his heart. I mean, he was friends with Roy Cohen, who was a, you know, a, a, a rabid sort of deviant, a brilliant lawyer, but he was, um, you know, friends with him in the 1970s, 1980s. And, you know, after I jumped off the Empire State Building, I tried to get to meet Roy Cohen. And, uh, but he actually died that year, so I never got to meet him. And but he was the assistant; he was kind of the the man by um, Senator. Should, should, should we just clarify? You base jumped just so people don't think that you um, miraculously survived jumping off the <laughs> Empire State. Mike, oh, yeah. Mike's a base jumper, folks. One of one of one of the world's first. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did that. I mean, I, I don't skydive anymore. You know, I don't fly anymore and I don't base jump anymore. I'm, you know, do, the, doing my the best job I've ever had as a single parent raising my two young children. And so I'm a bit more sensible these days. But that, but doing that in New York kind of helped me get in. Uh, it was kind of a foot in the door to, to meet a lot of people in banking and, and other you know areas. But so I got to see how corrupt um, America is and, and um but yeah so i was trying to meet up with roy cohen and um so what what have they got on donald trump you know um yeah i'm I'm not you know i still pray for all leaders but um donald trump you know what was he just a, a brilliant actor was he compromised and was he genuinely trying to do good um i mean he's certainly the best president israel ever had um and maybe is he going to bounce back i don't know um but we have to live in the real world and see that the 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 babylonian woe is still still in control so we just have to be you know focus on solutions and not overly okay well let's let let's do that I'm, I'm i'm sorry to just sound so you know direct but so much of it for me is just airy fairy and unrealistic for a start you'd have a hard job, Mike, convincing your average person in the street that their precious Second World War narrative, which they've been indoctrinated with since birth from the, um, you know, from Hollywood, not only is it actually in, most likely incredibly factually inaccurate, but off the back of that, highly inaccurate narrative we have institutions in place which are, are arguably playing the whole world right um and like i say ha i mean i i i think i get it i think i see it right uh, but that's because i've read books and i i i know I, I like to think I know the true history, right? But still, um, we we have this these Babylonian maniacs, right? They are very good. They control countries, and then they use this common shared narrative of that country and that country's history to then manipulate the, the manipulate everyday goings on in the future mm. and the narratives that, that that have been sold are so powerful they reach to the very depths of people's human emotions because people generally want to do good you know we're not bad we're not bad as a species we're, we're kind people and we're told these catastrophic narratives and da 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 and we're like oh my god this must never happen again. And da, da, da. and you know, and, and it's like off the back of that, whole countries have been cemented in place. And you know, help me out here, Mike. Come on. I mean, like, like just just yeah, that's it, what it, we, we, we have to get the, uh, I think you get the officer class and the NCO class within the kind of the five eyes nations educated and, uh, we, you know, we hopefully can turn this thing around. Um, 
but the same, you know, the architects, Babylonian world, you know, the architects of all these wars. I mean, look at the First World War, what, nine million people died. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's just shocking. Um, but it was all rigged. And, you know, if you look at the student body of Oxford and Cambridge at the time, you know, the, the, the brightest people within our, there you go, David Askell's book, that's an essential read. But, um, yeah, during the, uh, the First World War, 80% of the student body of Oxford and Cambridge, you know, the brightest minds um died um in the um in the first world war in the in in the trenches or out of the trenches okay um, i'm gonna so give you just an example of of the, the what i'm saying is it's dysgenic i mean it's you know you're killing the warrior class before they have children you know second world war was you know first world war part two but the same architects of all this also brought you multiculturalism and multi, a multicultural society, a multicultural, multi-religious, multi-ethnic, um, multi-racial, um, multi-deviancy um, is, is a society that's designed to collapse. And of course, it is collapsing. Um, they're pushing through laws in Ireland now where if you ask someone where they're from, that can be considered as hate speech. And so... Um, they're now planting, you know, sub-Saharan Africans and Middle Eastern migrants all over Ireland now. And I don't hate these people, but it's, uh, bless their hearts, they shouldn't be here. You know, but their nations have been trashed anyway. So, you know, it's... it's yeah, but it's, again... It's, it's, again, it's you, the cohesion of a nation, you know, when you... When you Mike, you, you've, you've named something that you, you and I don't need explaining. We know that is a tactic of the Babylonian Mafia... They've done that since time immemorial. They've in, infiltrated other people's countries with a foreign nation, you know, foreign immigrant. Well, immigrants are foreign, right? And they know it destroys the infrastructure of that country. It destroys identity. It's, um, you know, a little bit like the old male, you know, everyone's the same color in the melting. And, and like you and I get this, right? This is people watching will get this. And what I'm more, you know, Ah, I guess I'm a bit of an idealist, Mike. I, I wish there was a single action that we could be taking. Other than the fact that we're talking about this, of course I do that, but I talk for a living, right? Well, uh, like, I, I mean, education is what we, we can definitely do and then be active and, and get the best but of that. no action. one cares, Mike. Nobody well, cares. Well, you know, well, I you, you care, I care, because well, we're, 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 I don't know why nature blessed us with an ability to see the truth but most people couldn't be asked to turn off strictly come dancing right um you try and explain to a veteran that actually by going to a remembrance service you you you're kind of like just cementing war you know by buying into this narrative instead of actually learning the truth behind like you say behind first world war learn the truth behind the second world war learn you know follow the money it's it, this isn't rockets and follow the money right you wouldn't get a veteran in the uk mate not to go to remembrance they'd think you were mad they would think you were the enemy right and they were and 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 uh, you know in their social media circles they would do their best to destroy you right so like I say, Mike, this isn't. I'm. I'm not having a go at you. I, I. I'm probably just voicing my frustration that. I. I wish there was a simple answer. Mm. 
but I know I, I've got some very heroic people in my social media pages, right? They post stuff every day and I love those people because they are genuine warriors, right? I'm not, they might not even ever served in the military, but they are the genuine definition of a warrior. They are fighting for truth, justice, righteousness for our children's generation, right? Which is how it should be. Mm. And yet I know to the people that live in a matrix, you know, okay. I'm going to give a little here to the vast majority of people living in a matrix, their eyes literally glaze over. I just got, I just got to put another log on the fire. Keep no, talking. You go for that. I'll keep talking. So for the people that haven't been red pilled or whatever your, your, your euphemism is, they don't have the cognitive anchors or ice axes to be able to hook into a concept and understand it because they don't possess them. So the concept just goes, it whizzes past their face and they just think the person that's saying this stuff's a freaking idiot, right? Um, my, my slight kind of um, uh, acceptance there is that no, I, I am seeing a lot of people also in social media that are starting to understand the global situation right i you are seeing that so maybe i'm not right maybe i'm too pessimistic and i'll hold my hand up and and i'll own that right i would i would love it if there was a revolution tomorrow but the truth is i just see stupid people mm. you know i'm sorry to say i'd love to say just unenlightened but no let's be honest a lot of people are just they are pretty stupid you know um you see you've only got to look at the mcdonald's drive-through queue come on you know the first thing you do in this global situation where you're supposed to be protecting your health at all cost you don't like go down and get fruit and veg you, you know get get veg and make sure your body's alkaline no you go i mean it's it's and, and i'm not holding my hand up i'm not suggesting that i've never eaten bloody mcdonald's well i haven't eaten it for i've eaten it once in 30 years i think but yeah i do have the odd kfc um this isn't a, a dig at people per se i'm just saying that god it's i i wish i guess i'm looking for more concrete answers mike is what i'm saying you know, concrete solutions. I, I, I'm fed up with the airy fairy. Mm. I'm fed up with, oh, we need to educate. No, well, clearly we, you know, clearly, I mean, look at the, look who's president at the moment. Geez, are we really educating people? Okay, I know that like probably shenanigans went on there. Like I get that, but the, 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 the sheer notion that somebody could even consider yeah, you know, a, a, a pensioner suffering with dementia to be their global leader, it's just beyond utter insanity, right? And you take, I'll say the same for, for Clinton before that, right? If you know a bit about, I mean, we're living in madness, Mike, and, you know, what? 
Well, we'll have to maybe, yeah, I've come up, I, I, I work with um, African friends and Asian friends and, you know, displaced Europeans all over the world in the Five Eyes nations. And, you know, there's something that's out of our community has just been created. It'll be maybe the first sort of briefing that I'll put up on um, Veterans for Truth. I sent you a copy of it, 54 pages of it. And, um, you know, to be distributed amongst, um, you know, kind of, yeah, some of our elite folk, um, you know, that explains the agenda. I don't do conspiracy theories. I just do conspiracy analysis and um, just to, you know, look at what can be seen in the public record and, and what's really going on on the ground. So, and so that's what our community is, is um, exposing. Um, but I think nationalism is, I think, you know, and what is nationalism? Like I said, it's to love all nations of the world, but to love your nation the most and to insist that the finest of your people occupy the commanding heights of all institutions within your nation and that all nations become good stewards of the natural habitat of their lands. But I, I feel that there needs to be many nations, new nations to be built or created, but they should be, you know, those borders should be peacefully negotiated. Because if you look at how the central banks created all these nations, I mean, there was no India until the, the British East India Company turned up. Um, you've just had a military coup in Burma, and there's reasons for that. You know, I covered the war in Burma um, in the 1990s, but um, or up until 91, I think. Um, so, and that was for Japanese television. So that, that's interesting what's happening in Burma. But all, you know, look at Nigeria. I mean, look at all the countries in Africa. They, re, they drew these borders around these nations because they knew it would create internal conflict. Um, and so, you know, I'm working with African friends, like what would, what would Africa look like if the sort of enlightened indigenous aristocracy um, of Africa kind of drew the map of Africa? You know, what would, gen, would create peace? Um, and so we have to look at that as well. The UN, of course, and you know, friends within the, um, the private military contractor world call it the Charlie Tango, which is the, um, the two letters either side of UN. You know, so Charlie Tango is, is, uh, is a very, even though there are very good people in all these institutions, whether it be the UN or, or the, uh, the security services, um, there are good people caught up in a bad system. Um, but there needs to be a truly united nation. So that's something I'm trying to put together as well. Um, because the UN, the you know, people who work or represent their nations in the UN in, in New York um, are part of that global mafia. What's, that's um, why they're there. What steps or what check measures are you putting in place in your system then, Mike, to, well, yeah. to, to check that people aren't operating out their egos? So we don't, you know, we, we just have to start somewhere. Um, yeah, you've got to obviously leave, leave your uh, your ego back in the changing room, you know, when you go out onto the field. And so there are, we all know, much better people than we are. And I'm hoping to kind of draw those in. But to hold on to that vision of, uh, of ending wars between all nations forever, really. And we can do that because all wars are rigged. So we just have to kind of unrig them and maintain our border defense and internal security. Um, but, you know, move towards a world because, you know, if you, I, I was thinking of another book, you know, the living systems of the planet are in decline. 
you know, um, species extinction is, is, is happening at a massive rate. And I think um, Derek Jensen, you know, the myth of human supremacy is a really good read. Um, and you know, a lot of his work is excellent. Um, you know, things, things, and you've traveled, you know, I've been to the hottest places on earth and the coldest places on earth and you've traveled extensively. It's a beautiful world. It really is. And people, are, there's beautiful people. Um, and I think the vast majority of people in the world are good. Um, but their nations are collapsing around them because the mafia occupies its commanding heights. So that's the nature of evil. So we just have to be proactive and positive and full of joy as we take on. And somehow, in you know, it might take some generations, but to plant the seed so that they can look about I, my, my vision, I, I just call it um, vision 2020, but so that they could thousand years from now you know, they can look back at this time and say, you know, we did something, we tried to stop it, and we did, and we were successful. And it's, you know, when I, you know, I lived in, in California, I knew a lot of Chinese people, the Han Chinese, there's over a billion of them. And, um, you know, friends of mine, you know, Han Chinese, they say we, we plan a thousand years ahead. And yes. so for our own nation, for our own people, we need to start planning a thousand years ahead. And the Han Chinese don't want to take over the world. The Han Chinese just want to remain dominant in their part of the world. Um, but sadly, you know, the, the Chinese people have uh, caught the, uh, the communist uh, pathogen, which is uh, very destructive. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we, we'll do what we can. But we, okay. uh, with absolute, for the sake of, you know, for, you know I, I do it, you know, I've seen lots of bleeding and dying children, whether it be in, you know, warfare or famine all over the world. And so, um, and they were victims of a crime. And so for, I have children, you've got children. And so for the sake of our children and all children of the world, we need to step up. And you know, so enough of the whinging and whining, we just have to figure out a way to um, get out of this. Um, and and um, How can people get hold of you and your, your, your organization, Mike? Well, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just I'm, I, I've got a GoFundMe project just to get myself all the tech equipment so that I can you know, get, get the right computer. And uh, I've got a, someone who's going to build up my website and I want it to be in you know, multiple languages. And um, so, yeah, I'll send you the link to that. And that's my Veterans for Truth thing. And so that should be up and running really, really soon, really. Um, and I just want to be full time. I mean, I, I'm doing a, I grow a lot of food and I've got children to raise and, you know, I've got a house to clean and laundry to do. So I, I've got a lot of, I am a stay at home daddy, but, um, but my children are, you know, getting a bit older now and they, they've never seen television. So, and, uh, but they read a lot and, um, you know, I'm trying to preserve their innocence as best I can, but they're definitely a red pill children. And, um, and they're great. So, you know, we are like the Blues Brothers. We are on, on a mission from God, whatever you call that creative source, um, to, um, to, to create a better world. And, uh, and I believe we will because we have to. And at the moment, you know, everybody is, you know, they've got their, you know, pornography and they've got their cheap wine and they've got their Netflix and um, all is okay for them. And they've been social engineered to kind of embrace their own genocide really um and that's a good one to read the un convention on genocide in 1948 and um, that's an important document to read i mean of course the un is very corrupt but they've produced a few good documents and that convention the, the un convention against genocide if you see 
how they identified what is genocide. Well, that's happening to our people right now. And another important thing, you know, when I work for this congressman, um, the in the congressional record, they've got the 45 goals of the American uh, Communist Party. And people should read those 45 goals and see how far they've progressed. Um, and so that's it. So we just, I've got 24 points on my, on my McCarthy plan, and maybe one day we can, we can talk about that. And these are points that my friends in Asia and Africa and elsewhere kind of agree on, that that's the way you build a nation. And, um, and I think it's pretty good. So, but the 45 points of the Communist Party, American Communist Party are essential reading and um, we're living it. We're living it and we're living the genocide too. Mike, I'm going to get you to send me at the very least the names of what you've been talking about. If you've got links, if they're on like documents online, even better. I'm going to put them below the podcast. Right. And thank you for your humanity and your compassion. And thank you for joining us today. And to everybody at home, thank you too. Yeah, and God bless you, my brother. And, um, and whoever is listening, yeah, have, uh, have the best day ever because uh, this is the day we've been given and please God, we'll all live long lives and be active. I think that's very, very important. It's not, you get off your computers, stop clicking and sharing and, um, and get out there and find the best people within your nation and um, push them forward. And if it might be you, so step up and um, take back the world. Thank you, Mike. Carry on, brother.